We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson. Today is Wednesday, November 13th. As always, our podcast is sponsored by the good folks at Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Thank you, Yahoo, for your sponsorship all season long. Uh, we are here. My guest today is Razball's Mike Alexander. You know him on Twitter at Roto underscore Juan, W-A-N. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. How's your season going? It's going pretty well, except Razzball didn't go so well. We'll talk about that more <laughs> in a little bit. But uh, first introduction to that and eh, finished 10th out of 12. Not so great. Yeah. But other than that, I'm having to, you know, we'll just talk more about the NFFC Classic. I'm doing much better there. But uh, yeah. no, uh, th- there's a lot going on. So let's jump into uh, week 11, uh, starting off with uh, the Steelers. James Conner, uh, they play Thursday against the uh, Browns. James Conner, who missed last week, has been cleared to go with his shoulder injury. Uh, what do you expect out of him this week against the Browns? Hey, I think they're going to lean on him. It's really their only choice. They've you know, vanilla that offense as best they can. 
they were giving Jalen Samuels as many touches as they were, and he's not a very good downhill runner. No. So they're, they're pretty happy to have Connor back, uh, and I think he's going to be leaned on pretty heavily if, if they can afford it. You know? And against the Browns, most likely they're not going to be chasing a big lead. Yeah, what I might expect is a little bit of Samuels coming in on third downs, uh, passing situations. He, uh, you know, Captain Checkdown himself likes to look to Samuels a lot mm-hmm. in the passing game, and maybe that saves uh, Connor's wear and tear just a little bit. Yeah, my note on Samuels the last couple of weeks has been he really needs to get the thunder back so he can he can be lightning in the thunder and lightning mix. Exactly. It, it sounded great when, oh, he's going to get all this volume. It's, hey, this is great. And then you actually have to play and do something there. So it uh, <laughs> didn't work out the way we expected the things there. A uh, lot of news coming out of the uh, the Niners camp uh, with injuries. A lot of big stuff going on. Uh, start off, Matt Breida out a week to two weeks after aggravating a low ankle sprain, uh, sprain Monday night. It gives us a little bit of clarity in that Niners backfield. They still have so many options that, I mean, they could even go theoretically four deep if you want to count Jeff Wilson. But Tevin Coleman uh, and Raheem Ostrich should both get a decent amount of work this week against Arizona. Yeah, the the weird mix has been, you know, who who gets the goal line work. And when Coleman was out, Jeff Wilson was the preferred goal line option. But since Coleman came back, that that's kind of gone away for Wilson. And I would probably expect it to kind of be a Coleman and Mostert mix with the occasional Jeff Wilson appearance. But you, you never know with Kyle Shanahan. You know, he, he pulls running backs out of his hat. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, that's absolutely for sure. So, uh, yeah, and he calls running plays expertly, typically too. Now, the Niners. One thing that uh, got overlooked just a little bit was, you know, we we paid attention to Sanders' injury and Kittle's injury, and even Brita, but this, they lost their center for a series of plays too. And we all know if you follow offensive line work a little bit, losing your center could be really crushing. Definitely, you know, he's he's kind of the captain of that blocking scheme. He makes the calls, lets people know, you know, who's the Mike linebacker, all that stuff. So, you know, anytime communication gets broken down on the offensive line, bad things can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's look at Sanders with his rib injury. They're calling it a rib cartilage injury. We had uh, Stefania Bell on the XM show today and she's saying it, you know, cartilage takes a while to heal. And, you know, with rib injuries, things like that, everything you do, you feel it. So she's a little skeptical that Samuels, uh, Sanders is going to be able to do much this weekend. I feel like he's the kind of player that wants to be out there. So, you know, he may uh, play in the game. The question is how effective is he going to be with that rib? You know, is he able to go up and get balls and and be his electric self? And, you know, if if you're in that much discomfort, that that's a question that remains to be answered. Yeah, that's right. Uh, What do you think uh, with Kittle? Uh, You know, he was in the press box, you know, and apparently that was for his own good to protect him, you know, from getting caught up in the under to anything comes over around to the sideline there. Hmm. Uh, You know, he didn't practice at all last week. In fact, wasn't even at practice really was rehabbing the whole time. Uh, You know, I, I, you know, I'm not going to make you the medical expert here, but at the same time, (laughs) Uh, it's, it's a shame because it's a great matchup against the Cardinals, but we may not have him. Right. If, if they're not going to push him to play against the Seahawks in, in a really big matchup in, in a game that has first place in the division implications, I don't know if they're going to push him any, any harder to, to play Arizona when they beat them so handily last time, despite Arizona making it a close game at the end. Right. With that uh, Isabella play, which uh, gave him the late cover that I'm not bitter about or anything like that. Cause <laughs> it didn't cost me versus list or anything. I'll wait until they did. Uh, Ross Dwelly, if he starts, are you thinking about using him this week? I don't know I, I, if you're desperate, but you get fringe guys like that and you have to be in a really deep league. 
Yeah, you know, I remember when the Saints played the the Cardinals. I thought Josh Hill was the ultimate test of the play your tight ends against the Cardinals. I think yeah. Dwelly takes it to a, a lower another level. And they, they did activate um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Selleck, yeah, Garrett. Yeah, Selleck. Selleck. They activated yeah. Garrett Selleck. So I, you know, I, I don't know if he's coming back uh, in any kind of shape, but. Um, that's one more thing to just kind of take away from that. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, Colt camp, a lot of stuff going on there. Doesn't look like we're going to have T Y Hilton yet again. Uh, didn't practice today. The calf injury he said he'd be day to day. and you know, we've seen th- times when he hasn't practiced and still been able to play because Hilton, you know, has played hurt many times and played well, even hurt. Uh, but he's already missed two games in a row. And they were saying earlier, it's going to th- possibly a three to four week injury. Yeah, you know, that that offense is missing him for sure. Um, but, you know, Devin Funches may be coming back. That's that's a, a little bit of a, a boost, perhaps, at least in the red zone. Yeah, I think it, it, they really know, need uh, Jacoby Prissett to come back. We're all like, oh, Brian Hoyer moved the ball against the Steelers. <laughs> and then there's that against the uh, Dolphins. And he reverted back to being Brian Hoyer uh, again. And didn't Hoyer have, like, some sort of remarkable winless streak as a starter? Yeah, I think it was when he returned to New England. I can't remember, but yeah, it was. He had that one little flash, I think, in Cleveland, and then uh, after that, everything kind of fell apart, and uh, the the Brian Hoyer experiment derailed. Yeah, and he was terrible against the Dolphins. Just terrible. Three picks. The team didn't move the ball very well. Uh, just just can't make the throws. Yeah, and especially you know with a week to prepare, they they said, okay, you're not going to beat us with the wideouts. We're gonna you know you're gonna have to shun it down to the tight end. Uh, Zach Pascal got hurt by that quite a bit. Yeah, I, I, I think the Colts are a really smart organization, and they've overcome quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, that's that's tough. And the thing is, they still had a chance. They, if Vinatieri doesn't miss that extra point, <laughs> they can kick a field goal from pretty close late to tie the game, uh-huh. which they totally would have. Who knows? He might have missed that too. But he's missed right. six extra points. He's probably cost them three games this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that there's, you know, the the veteran locker room presence and, you, you know, you, you have to be careful how you handle those guys. But he was not very good last season and was already pretty much too old to, to be in the NFL, even as a kicker. And they decided to bring him back for another uh, another year. And I don't, I don't get that at all. I know kickers are hard to find, but, you know, uh, kind of a head scratcher and stuck with them after like yeah. that, that one brutal game. Like, no, he was contemplating stepping down. And like, no. You are staying. You're right. our guy. And, <laughs> I mean, and he's completely gray. When was the last time you saw an NFL player with with no uh, nothing but gray hair at all? John Stenerud? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, and uh, to to Chris Liss's dismay, he couldn't get Young Ho, which is actually Young Hui, yeah. who uh, signed with the Colts. He did kick four field goals for the uh, Falcons, though. Uh, an immediate improvement over Matt Bryant, who was another gray beard that was cut. Yeah. Yeah. Bryant's, uh, you know, he, he's, he got long in the tooth and lost effectiveness as well. Same, same story. Yeah. The, I guess there is an eventual expiration date for everyone. Yeah. I mean, just because it's, it doesn't seem like it's a hard job, it, you know, you're still uh, putting a lot of stress on your body as an NFL athlete, even as a kicker. So, you know, you, you get into the forties and your body just doesn't bounce back. That's right. That's right. So, uh, that, that's tough. Another quarterback issue. Matthew Stafford. Remember last week how he was, you know, he wanted to play and wanted to play. And then mm-hmm. the doctors had to step in, basically say, no, you aren't playing. He right. didn't practice today after limited practice last week. 
Yeah, that hurt me in uh, in my uh, RotoWire online championship team. Uh, I did not have my my uh, my backup quarterback was Nick Foles on a bye and uh, couldn't make the roster move in time. And right, because no Friday deadline. That's right, yeah. the the second wave. That, that, you know, lack of foresight on my part, I guess, not having a viable backup, but. Yeah, it happens. It, it, but and that that is one danger, and that's the thing: knowing your format, knowing you can't do first come first serve pickups. Yep. That's that can come back to haunt you. Yep. But yeah, you know Stafford is a tough guy. Uh, I guess it's going to be a question of you know will the team let him play? Um, I would assume they you know if there's not a significant chance of re-injury or further injury, they're going to let him if that's his desire. You know, you kind of. You're not going to take the ball out of your your leader's hands if if he wants to be on the field, but their their season's kind of lost, and it doesn't make sense from an outside perspective. But uh, you know, Matt Patricia makes plenty of decisions that are questionable on his end. Right. Starting with uh, no, I'm not even going to go there. I mean, you can get personal, <laughs> but no, we won't do that. Uh, Jeff Driscoll, I saw plenty of him last year. I'm a self-hating Bengals fan. Most people know that by now, uh, and if not, I make people hear it on the podcast every week too. So. Uh, but I, I've seen plenty of him, and I, I don't. He actually played better than I expected against the Bears last week. But I don't expect mm-hmm. good things out of, out of him this week against the Cowboys if he's the one going. Yeah, and the, you know that it was a pretty close game. They didn't really have to ask him to do too much uh, at various points. So I think if that does happen, your the, the wheels could come off really quick for Driscoll and get pretty ugly. And I have a lot of exposure to Kenny uh, Kenny Galladay, so that really hurts uh, yeah. seeing a suboptimal quarterback like that. Yep. So, all right, looking at one more set of injuries before we move on, Austin Hooper out uh, multiple weeks, probably there, there, some estimates say a month uh, with an MCL strain. Uh, You know, it is that that's an Ian Rappaport report. So uh, take it with the appropriate grain of salt. Um, But I I assume we're going to hit more clarification from the Falcons themselves soon. Uh, Dan Quinn said he's a long shot to play Sunday. That's about as much as he's going to give. I hate how yeah. coaches aren't up, up front about that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, uh, to, to divert quickly, uh, when Pete Carroll said that Tyler Lockett is, is going to be fine, I, I tweeted out, you know, pray for Tyler Lockett because he right. got the Pete Carroll kiss of death. Well, yeah, we, yeah, he is. He is like the worst. And, you know, he's more optimistic than players sometimes. Uh, you know, he's like, oh, he's going to be great. He's fine. I mean, he's going to be amputated, but he's fine. Right. Shape of his life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What sort of shape is that pair? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, get, getting back to uh, Hooper, though, that's an interesting convergence of, of situations with Hooper going out and Devonta Freeman being out, you know, probably for at least a few weeks here. Uh, that That's kind of the the option one and option two as, as your your outlets in, in the passing offense. Um, so, you know, Brian Hill is the hot waiver wire pickup. He's got some tough matchups coming up here with the Bucks and, and the Saints. Um, but that passing work, you know, there, there's really not anybody else to catch the ball uh, in, in the short passing game. So right. that could really buoy Brian Hill, despite, you know, what, what might be some fairly pedestrian rushing numbers. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what, what they do there. You know, they've got Russell Gage, who's acting as like a, you know, a, a Muhammad Sanu light which is a surprising right. thing to be possession saying. guy basically yeah. yeah yeah and you know he's 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 been a little bit effective in what he's doing so if you're in a really deep league you know maybe gauge can get you some ppr floor um but you know outside of that you know ridley could see an uptick i think everybody's kind of banking on that uh i'm just here for your use for of buoy i like that that was well done <laughs> thank you 
Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, Gage is a guy that I kind of bumped up a little higher last week, and he is he didn't do great, but he's still involved. Uh, so yeah, I, I could definitely see that uh, this week too. I, I mean, Hill is kind of last man standing. He goes against Carolina, who. He's having a hard time stopping the run. Now, granted, I, I kind of discount anything against the Packers because they, A, they run yeah. the ball very well, and B, the snow made it feel like they're probably playing on sleds. But uh, I, I got to think, though, this is not the first team that's run the ball effectively against them. No, that, you know, that's kind of been a, a recurring theme with, with Carolina. Their defense has not been where they want it. Uh, if you can you know, stay in the game or be ahead in the game, it's a it's a – you know, usable strategy. I just worry about the Falcons kind of coming off that big win uh, against division rival New Orleans. Are they going to be resting on their laurels a little bit and, and happy with that and, you know, smelling themselves a bit and, and not be ready for this game? You know, their season's kind of lost. They got their big win. Everybody's a little bit happy. Uh, so that, that could, uh, that could be, you know, just one narrative that, that plays out. Indeed. Let's uh, before we start breaking down uh, some of the matchups for week 11 like this, that that game, a uh, quick note from our uh, new sponsor, Armchair Quarterback. Armchair Quarterback is a real time game where you predict the next play during a live football broadcast. You know what the next play is going to be. Predict it and earn points. Climb the leaderboard and increase your chances to win tickets and other prizes. It's the perfect way to w- making watching games more exciting. We have a special league for all Rotowire subscribers, and we'll be posting the leaderboard online and be mentioning them here. This week, we're playing uh, the, the Ch- we're playing to the Chiefs Chargers game on Monday night. You can also form your own league with your fantasy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com. Armchair Quarterback make every game bigger. Well, let's let's start with that Chargers Chiefs game. It is going to be a fun game. It's in Mexico City, so just even though it's listed as a home game for the Chargers, don't be fooled. It's mm-hmm. neutral, and uh, you know maybe Chargers have the advantage in geography and getting there a little quicker, a little easier. But one of the big things is going to be the lack of you know the the thinner air, the lack of you know the the high altitude. Uh, that it's going to benefit kickers for sure, and but it also mm-hmm. might force players to maybe need to shuttle in and out a little bit more frequently. Yeah, you're going to see people with the the oxygen mask on. Uh, you know, kind of like when teams visit Denver. You know, it's even higher altitude, I believe. So, um, there's not really anything you can do in the middle of an NFL season to train for altitude. That's you right. You can't practice in Denver for for a month or something like that. <laughs> right. Uh, they do get the extra week to recover after that game. Remember, Chiefs were supposed to play in Mexico City last year, and then there was the turf issues, the field yeah. issues. So that game against the Rams instead had to be in L.A. What an amazing game that was. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Liss, of course, didn't enjoy because he doesn't enjoy anything, but especially that anybody else enjoys. But the most of us, the rest of us football watching universe did enjoy that game. I expect maybe not a reprise of that game, but I think it's going to be pretty high scoring. Yeah, the, the Chiefs are very one sided. They are all offense, no defense for the most part. So uh, they can maybe coax the Chargers out of their shell a little bit. Uh, the Chargers run, I mean, the Chiefs run defense has been so just abysmal all, all season. Yeah. You know, they, they've lost guys on the defensive line. It was already shaky to begin with. So uh, that that bodes well for, for Melvin Gordon, who's had a bit of a resurgence the last couple of weeks. So he has. It, you know, but that'll keep the chains moving. Even even in a conservative offense, there should be scoring on on both sides. Yeah, they and you know the Chargers they get a lot of time to prepare for this game. Remember, they played the Thursday game too. I think yeah. at least offensively, I think they're going to be very well prepared here. And you mentioned Gordon; he did have a resurgence. They did the uh, change of coordinators, and I think that really paid off. Mm-hmm. 
I think, uh, you know, the, the, the style of running was better. I mean, it's not just not merely just that they committed to the run more. It's just running out of spread sets. You know, it's what we always talk about, you know, yeah. run out of formations that aren't necessarily geared towards stopping the run, pass out of formations that are geared towards stopping the run. Yeah, that that's NFL success these days is mostly boils down to being unpredictable. And uh, a, a lot of NFL offenses have ignored that to their own detriment, but the ones who have embraced it are, are clearly thriving. You know, uh, look at, look at what Baltimore is doing with a running quarterback, you know, exactly, and, exactly. Now, you know, we mentioned the Rams though, and they're one of the ones that, you know, were, you know, not, not one of ones, they were the leading 11 formation team. They've been grounded in the muck a lot this year, offensively uh, against Pittsburgh. I remember the Niners game stands out two games where they just did nothing offensively. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about them going not not just a little. I'm more, I'm well, not that I'm a Rams fan, but I am concerned about this offense. It, it has has McVay been solved a little bit. You know, uh, teams have kind of said we're not going to let you get your zone rushing attack going. That's been the engine of your offense. We're just going to you know stack against that and let Jared Goff see if he can beat us. Uh, it doesn't help that their offensive line has has been. Uh, considerably worse than prior years. You know, they, they lost a couple of free agents. Um, and, you know, a guy like Andrew Whitworth is now 38, their left tackle. He's not playing as effectively. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of until golf proves to, to a defense that you need to fear him, uh, they're just kind of operating with impunity. They're getting after the quarterback. The rushing attack for the Rams isn't, you know, uh, making them pay with any kind of creative cutback runs, um, you know, uh, draws, things like that. So, right. Unless that changes, um, they're kind of limited with 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 a a bit of a straightforward offense and hopefully a close game. But right, their defense is playing well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very well, very well. They're, and they were responsible for nine of the points uh, against the Steelers, and they I mean they only allowed you know the Steelers had their own defensive touchdown, so they only allowed ten points to the Steelers' offense. So yeah, uh, yeah, they they almost kept pace with the Steelers' offense, lost ten to nine there, but <laughs> they you know they. They are. I mean, I am worried about them. They face the Bears this week. You know, I have Cup still in my top fifteen uh, this week among wide receivers. I, I even after last week's shutout and subsequent pieing, which is going to happen for me today. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> have you jumped alone. in on that yet? Yeah, yeah. I got, I got pied a few weeks back. Um, okay. I think it was my my second week in. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun thing going on, and uh, you you definitely weren't alone on the the Cooper Cup pie uh, wagon. He got a lot of people this week. Yeah, in fact, I think he was the most picked guy, and I saw one guy say, "If Jeff's doing it, I'm doing it," and I felt bad about that. But <laughs> well, yeah, I had him like third or fourth in my rankings for the week, and it was the highest unknown player. I was like, "Hey, if I'm not going to follow my own rankings, what sort of uh, prog- right. you know what kind of ranker am I? Uh, you know, I've got to follow my own rank." So I did, and. I feel great shame, and I'm about to feel some great pie soon, so I have to go get that today. But uh, I'll, t- I'll make sure to tweet that out. Uh, I look forward to it. I have no fear. <laughs> uh, i got to get my kids involved with it, too. Uh, I don't yeah, think they I, have, even know I had my yet. son do it. It was fun. Nice, nice. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, anything else from that game that stands out? What about on the Bears' side? Uh, this is not a good matchup for Trubisky or Montgomery no. on the road, either. No, you know, the, the Rams are a pretty stout run defense. They, they've... You know, they were maybe a little shaky early on in the year, but they've solved it. Uh, you know, so they're they're definitely not a, a spot to target. Um, so Montgomery's probably looking at a, a bit of a, you know, three yards per carry week. Yeah, I think so, too. Give me a spot that you are looking forward to this week. Maybe it's 
preferably something that's not so obvious, uh, but a, a guy that you're looking, you're, you're eager to be able to use this week. I'm kind of uh, interested in Washington and the Jets okay. from, a, from a passing perspective. I think there's, uh, you know, some some definite problems on both back ends. Washington's given up plenty of days to to speedy receivers. We we could get that unicorn Robbie Anderson week hmm. where he catches two touchdowns. Uh, and going the other way, Terry McLaurin has been you know pretty ho hum. Uh, you know, with the quarterback issues Washington's had, but he's always a threat. You know, he gets behind a defense so easily. You know, he gets even with a defender and goes right past him. He's got that sixth gear that that you just can't defend uh, if you're not well well in front of him. So that's right. I, some darts there that'll be interesting. I'm heavily invested in Terry McLaurin, and I'm scared to death now that they've named Haskins the QB for the rest <laughs> of the year. Keenum, by the way, still in the concussion protocol as of yesterday, at least. Uh, yeah, tough uh, year. And you know, there's Colt McCoy still hanging around. Uh, you know, it's 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 the usual mess for the, uh, Washington. But I've been I've been p- kind of pushing the Jets' defense as a, a thing this week. But their their secondary is a problem. There's no doubt about that. Do you know, though, that the Jets, at least on a per carry basis, are the best defense against the run this year? I did not know that. They're averaging like 3.0 yards per carry against. Uh, you know, So maybe it wasn't such a fluke that Barkley went 13 for one last week. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, or it just might be that they're selling out to stop the run. And, you know, they're, meanwhile, their pass defense is suffering as a result. But... Nonetheless, right. that, I that's that kind of that's kind of the same as Tampa Bay. You know, they've got these amazing. They're, they're one of the best rushing defenses. Right. It's because people are just throwing on them with impunity. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I expect a good bounce back from Breeze uh, from the passing offense. Why did Camara only get four carries last week? The theory I, I heard floated and kind of bought into was maybe they thought they didn't need to press him in a game that they should win at home. Uh, and then as things kind of got out of hand, they, they had to get him in there in the second half more. Um, you know, that I, for whatever reason, the, the Saints have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, and it was not uh, on Sunday. It got pushed around. Yeah. They, a lot of sacks. sack after sack. And, and, you know, Breeze had no time, no clean pockets. I, you know, I don't know if guys – we're, we're taking the week off in their heads and just didn't show up to play. But maybe maybe Atlanta just really got up for that game uh, and wanted to kind of play spoiler a little bit for a division rival that, that, you know, they were out of it. And sometimes that's all you have to play for in a lost season is, you know, we don't like these guys. Let's go in there and beat them. This is our season this week. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. Uh, and there is no yeah, it destroyed a lot of survivor pools. I know. Yeah. Uh, in one league, though, I did. I, I'm in three survivor pools. Two of them, I, I stuck with the Saints, and you know, I'm I'm now longer <laughs> in said survivor pools. Uh, but on one, I pivoted to the Bears, and I'm. It's a, unfortunately, it's a double elimination because I'm the only one left with no losses. Uh, wow. there, there's like eight t- eight people left. There were five with no losses going in, and it wasn't just the Saints. It was also the Colts lost to the Dolphins. Two weeks in a row, the Dolphins have been knocking people out. The Fade the fade the fish or fade the fins, uh, if you want to be more species correct. Uh, <laughs> you know, it is it, it 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 really crushed people. So it's kind of funny, and even like some of the secondary ones too. Some of the, like the offshoot ones were pretty bad too. If you're like I do, one of them you have to pick two teams, so you have to dig a little deeper if you had used the Saints, for instance, or something like that. The only two right. teams that people picked that one were the Bears and the Ravens. So with, with two eliminations left, are you going to just play the chalk and, and, you know, hope that you can keep that one game in pocket? Yeah, ideally, I, I will probably be less inclined to play pot odds because they have to catch up to me. 
Right. Yeah. And I just mean, protect it. Yeah. yeah. You know, in fact, I have to, I actually haven't thought about my pick for this week yet, which I'm going to probably do right as we're talking, as a matter of fact. But <laughs> before we do that, uh, you know, I want to talk about a couple other uh, matchups for this week uh, before we start getting into best ball talk and all that. But um, kind of under the radar, Indy Jacksonville. Foles is coming back. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of low key excited about him for some reason. What, what do you think about him? The thing I worry about this game is that these are two teams that would probably be content to run it on first and second down and see who can get the more third and manageable situations, uh, especially if, if Brissett isn't back. Um, and he's been very conservative, even with Brissett's success early on, it's, it's come at a very high efficiency. Uh, so that's just something that doesn't continue for a player. That's not Aaron Rodgers or, or you know, the, the like in an NFL season, you know, you, you've got that, that stretch of great games where you throw touchdowns on not that many attempts. It just can't continue. So even if he is back, I think Indy still has some training wheels on and they're not going to push it as hard. Same thing on the other side with, with Foles in his first game back, they would Jacksonville would just love to run the ball with Leonard Fournette 25 times if they can. Uh, and if it's a close game, they've shown us they will. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I'll say Fournette. I don't think that offensive line for Jacksonville is very good at run blocking. I think that he's gotten his yards, but they've been tough yards. He... Yeah, they've, yeah, they've all come after contact. Yeah. He's, he's one of the leaders in, in yards after contact. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got some big, like 60 yard runs, uh, after being hit in the backfield. Right. Right. And, you know, I don't, some of that might be cause he's not the most elusive, perhaps he's just more powerful than elusive. Uh, so he, he does, he may not miss contact early as good as other backs, but I don't know. That might be nitpicking too. No, I, th- I think he seeks out contact. That's his style. He he wants to run into the defense and and you know kind of establish his will uh, in a Chris Carson style. Right. So yeah, I, I, that probably is going to be uh, one where I expect good things out of him. You know, I, there was a stat at one point that the Colts hadn't allowed more than one passing touchdown in a game uh, to start the season. I know that lasted at least through like week seven or eight. I don't know if it continued, but um, point is that it's kind of an underrated secondary. I do like Foles the rest of the season. That game where he got hurt in week one, he, it was granted it was against the chiefs and it granted it was like a quarter and a half, but he did look good before he got hurt Threw a touchdown on the play that he got hurt. Yeah. It was a great touchdown to DJ shark. So, yeah. you know, that, that connection could possibly be there. I know Westbrook uh, is questionable. Uh, he might return. He always has a big game in him with his, with his speed right. and, and Foles can find people deep, uh, you know, if, and they should call a couple of shots throughout the games and play action, things like that. You know, they are conservative, but they'll, they'll throw it, uh, with some high percentage, uh, deep throws on things like play action. That's true. Uh, that, that Houston game was so disappointing. I was looking forward to a big game. No JJ Watt, their secondary was banged up and they laid a big egg and yep. that's why they had the impetus for change, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I, I was expecting better things. Chris Conley in particular was disappointing. He had a couple of drops. Not like they were all any of them were easy. There are three plays where I thought he should have made plays, but he seems to be like the type of guy that'll make the easy catch, doesn't make the tough catch. And this was his big chance. Mm-hmm. You know, Westbrook hurt, uh you know, uh Marquis Lee out. Yeah, yeah, out for the year. So the the chance the the opportunity was there and he just didn't do anything with it there. So yeah, uh, I I don't know. I I kind of get whipsawed with Conley. He's like when I when I bench him, that's when he goes for a hundred because <laughs> he gets wide open on a deep ball. Uh, and when I start him, then it's very little. So yeah, that, 
that that was Darius Slayton for me this week. I, I cut him uh, <laughs> last week, you know, off off of a bad game. And it wasn't a team I would have used him on anyway. He'd have just been on my bench. But it's kind of like, uh, how'd that guy end up on the wire? Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, so you probably saw my tweet from three weeks ago. Some idiot in my league cut Darius Slate before his previous two touchdown game. Oh, that was me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. But he's just had such bad games mixed in there. You watch and he's got the drops and, and things like that. And you just kind of say he's, he's not there yet. So right. and it's uh, it was like a 14 team or two. So, you know, in, in yeah. FFC classic. And I was just like, Ugh. You can't cut, and a guy like that goes off after you cut him. You feel especially dumb. And then especially when you get outbid on trying to get him back. Right. The, the Giants have been such a Jekyll and Hyde offense since yep. since Danny Dimes took over. It's, it's hard to hold any of those assets. At least they're not consistently bad. So there's that. So they got that going for them like they had under Eli. Right. The NFL season is in full swing at Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy. And they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you a million dollars every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy. You're listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson. I'm my co-host today is Razball's Mike Alexander. Uh, you guys, Mike, have been uh, running Raz Bowl, uh, which is kind of modeled after the NFFC Cutline Contest. How's that going? It's been a really interesting year. Uh, you know, it's it's a new uh, creation. So you know, there's been some. Some people who, you know, maybe didn't know a rule or two, things like that, that, that maybe have never played an NFFC cut line that aren't familiar with it. Um, but on the whole, it's been it's been really fun to have a collection of this many really bright minds. Um, 180 people were in the Raz Bowl. Uh, almost all of them are, you know, content producers of some sort or fans that are, you know, very involved in uh, Twitter, things like that. So you know, no, no easy outs in any of these leagues. Um, and at the top of the leaderboard, some really bright minds like Pat, Fit, Pat Fitzmaurice, Mike Beers, Adam Ronis, guys that are, are stalwarts of best ball competition. So, uh, fun to see a play out uh, and the playoffs started last week. Uh, I'm a really big fan of the NFFC's cut line, uh, playoff format where they take your, your average score from the first nine weeks, and then you play three weeks in the first round. So, you know, weeks 10, 11 and 12, they add in your average score. It, it, it really levels the playing field where you don't have this, you know, Derrick Henry going off last season, the first week of the playoffs and people getting knocked out who were three seeds just because they, they had the poor, poor luck of drawing him in a matchup. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I like that too. I think that there's some value in that. Um, I'm looking at the what went wrong. I'm a Dalvin Cook guy that still couldn't get in the top six of my league. So, uh, yeah, I'm not really quite sure what happened there. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I am pretty sure it's the quarterback spot that really killed me a little bit. Well, first round pick Devontae Adams also didn't work out so well. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking at yeah, those receivers. My running backs, I got Cook, and I got Jacobs, I got Mark Ingram. Yeah, that should be fine. Ronald Jones even, Singletary later, those, those all had value at certain points in time. But... I had Cam Newton, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Nick Foles were my three QBs, which meant I had one QB most of the weeks. Yeah, and Garoppolo, aside from the Arizona game, really hasn't done much. 
Yeah. And then, you know, the, the, the nice thing, so we went with a, what we called a better ball format and yeah. we took $10 of fab for the entire season and you get to do weekly waiver runs. So, you know, that is a pretty interesting format uh, that I haven't seen any really one do that before. Um, and the spot I noticed it most was quarterback. Uh, you know, you've got guys that had drafted, uh, an Andrew luck, or like you said, uh, Cam Newton, you know, you had so many of your eggs in that basket. And if you lose him in a best ball, your best ball season's really kind of over. You're down to one quarterback. You can write that team off now. You know, you've got, you've got a guy you can drop, you can add somebody like Daniel Jones or anybody like that, that is, is making a, a, a start that wasn't really forecasted in the beginning of the season. Right. Right. And, uh, yeah. And so managing your fab in that, and it was, a, it's, it's not a whole lot. It's only 10 units uh, you can, and you can only do it up until the cut line time. Uh, so, you know, you it's kinda, pretty stressful, you know, you're, you're, you're putting those waiver ads in and you're looking at it like, okay, I've got a dollar bid. That's one of my $7 I have left. Can I afford a second dollar? You know, uh, so some of the big names that, that went early on in the season um, were guys like John Ross, who had that, that multi-touchdown week early on. And he seemed like he would be a good pickup. You know, somebody bid as high as $8 on him in week one. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, another guy week two after that that huge performance. You know, he got 7 and $8 bids. Mm-hmm. And you know, those guys kind of fizzled and the people who bid on them didn't have any fab left. Uh, so if they get stuck with a quarterback or a tight end injury situation, you know, that's a trade off yet. You, you have to make a decision about. That's right. Uh, that's right. And there haven't been that many big free agents this year, too. I think that's one of the, uh, you know, usually you get some guys that come out of the blue that are big every year. It seems like early, even like Philip Lindsay last yeah. year, for instance. Yeah, yeah, it's been a tough zero RB uh, uh, sledding for for anybody who deployed that strategy because they just, you know, like I said, haven't haven't been there. You know, Brian Hill maybe this week is finally somebody, but at this point in your season, you know, your your fortunes are largely uh, a cast if you if you didn't have a running back. You mean my four dollar Ty Johnson pickup didn't work out as expected? <laughs> no, I went big on Ty Johnson and uh, that that didn't work out. Obviously, yeah, that was a that was a fail. Uh, I, I picked my, here are my four pickups. Will Disley. Hey, that were, oh no, never mind. Yeah. Uh, worked, worked well for two weeks. I mean, that was early. Um, I, cause I, cause I, I drafted Jordan Thomas as my second tight end. I was like, okay, where are we going? So I got him Will Disley in week three. So that wasn't too bad, but mm-hmm. it's still, it is, it's, it's a shame. It could have been so much better. Paul Richardson still waiting for that next big game from him. Uh, Andy Dalton. Cause I lost Nick Foles and then Ty Johnson. That's it. That's the list. And yeah. I'm going through these pickups. I mean, Wayne Gallman had one good week. Uh, Darrell Williams. We're still waiting for that one good week from him. Uh, Slayton actually has had some weeks Dar- Darren Fells, but that was like three weeks ago. So you missed out on some of his goodness. Uh, yeah. It just, there, there weren't too many. Daniel Jones is probably the best pickup of all these guys. Yeah, really the quarterbacks is where we saw difference makers. Brissett, uh, if he was available. Yeah, that too. Uh, Daniel Jones, Gardner Minshew, guys like that 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 were replacing somebody uh, that, that needed the fix. So, you know, with, with 12 team leagues of mostly experts, the wire is really thin. You know, the, the rosters are pretty deep because it is a best ball scenario. Uh, so there's not a lot out there. Um, you know, a little bit of DJ Shark. Um, some other names that we saw uh, make some differences. Um, you know, Derry Agunabwale, you know, a lot of people added him. He hasn't been 
I wouldn't say good, but he scored points week in and week out. I was just going to say, you didn't have the burden of choosing when to start him either. Yeah. That that part is nice. Yeah. You know, if people manage to hold on to him after the first couple of weeks where he was kind of a non-factor, he he has caught some passes. And you get into, you know, last week was was the the bye week uh, scenario that, that was just a killer. You need a running back who catches, you know, three, four passes and gets you five, six points just because there's no one else to play. Yeah, absolutely. Six teams on by last week. This week, you know, is also tough because it's four really good running backs that you would start every single week that are on by. Derrick Henry, who's been awesome this year, way better than this is clearly his best year. Uh, Barkley, obviously, Aaron Jones, and of course, Chris Carson. I mean, that's that. And even taking away Jamal Williams out of that mix. I mean, that's hurtful. You lose that. Those are guys that you use on a lot of on a lot of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Jamal Williams is an interesting one because he's been getting about half the work. He scored some touchdowns and it's been much more effective as a rusher. I was pretty down on him and, and criticized the the decision to use him this season um, by by LaFleur. And, you know, I, I kind of have to eat those words because Jamal Williams hasn't been bad. Yeah. Yeah, he has. I mean, and the thing is, he he has been useful, and he has helped preserve Aaron Jones. You know, Aaron Jones did get banged up a little bit earlier at one Mm -hmm. point in the season, and having Jamal Williams there helped him kind of stay on the course. Now they get the bye week this week. You know, the timing kind of works out well for the Packers that then they can roar down the stretch. Yeah, it turns out that the coaching was maybe the problem last year in Green Bay. Who knew? (laughs) You mean not finding ways to get your best playmakers isolated against linebackers was, you know, Something in there. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah, it kind of feels like two step forward, two steps forward though, and one step back with uh, with Lafleur. It's you know, you see Aaron Rodgers not throwing for touchdowns. It's it's kind of like, well, how does that happen with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a really good question. There was a good article this off season, uh, portioning much of the blame to McCarthy, but some to, to Rodgers himself for the way he mm-hmm. isolates young players sometimes that they make mistakes. We still kind of see that MVS has disappeared on us. Yeah, and, and just you know, uh, he gets a lot of uh, critique from the um, the sacks belong to the quarterback crowd, where yeah, you, you know, he runs around and runs around and runs around, and that everybody thinks that's, that's such a good thing; it keeps the play alive. But he's also you know inviting some some negatives when he does that. Oh yeah, I, well, I, running quarterbacks always take have high sack counts. It goes back to the days of Randall Cunningham when he'd lead the league in getting sacked, and you're like, how's that happen? He's so mobile. Oh, it's because he's holding onto the ball so long and he's trying to make a play. Sometimes, and and meanwhile, there's Peyton Manning out of his hands. Nope, he's not going to get sacked. Tom Brady out of his hands. Eli Manning stays in his hands, but he just goes down. Yeah, some things don't pass down, uh, so so to speak. (laughs) Already knocked out of your survivor pool? Do you end up losing early in the season, feeling like your success is mostly based on luck? Wish there were some alternative where you can use actual fantasy sports knowledge as opposed to relying on whether a team wins or loses? Well, now there is. World Fantasy Pools brings you the first-of-its-kind game-type stat-based survivor pools. World Fantasy Pools takes the traditional concept of survivor pools that players are familiar with and adds in a more exciting twist. Instead of choosing a team to win a game, you will use your fantasy knowledge to choose an athlete to achieve a designated stat stat line. Achieve the stat line and you advance. Fail to and you will be eliminated. Be the last to survive or make it through all rounds to win or split the prize pool. Just choose one athlete each round to achieve a designated stat line to advance and win. It's that simple. Sign up and play today at www.worldfantasypools.com. 
Uh, we are talking a lot of best ball talk here with Mike Alexander and Razbold talk. Uh, Mike, one thing is, you know, and I'm, I feel like, you know, I, I dabble in best ball, play a few tens every year. But one of the things I'm noticing this year is I, I got screwed in leagues where I didn't have three quarterbacks. I, I, I think in the future I'm going to make that a priority, especially you know uh, clearly in leagues where you can have 20 man rosters. But and, you know it just I feel I feel like uh, with the the current carnage and turnover at quarterback this year, you were really left holding the bag if you didn't have that the depth extra depth of that position. Yeah, it's it's been a particularly bad year for for the quarterback uh, consistency. And you know when you're in a cut line product, it's you can afford the third quarterback, but you know, in a regular, uh, best ball 10 or on draft where, where you have 15 spots, cause there's no defense, right? You, you've got to decide, you know, do do you want three tight ends or three quarterbacks? And it's usually in my opinion, better to go with the third tight end. Um, yeah. you know, you're, you're, I feel like you're adding more value that way versus a quarterback, which, you know, between two quarterbacks, if they're not on by, you're probably going to get somewhere in the, middle teens, even if both have fairly you know pedestrian games, but the risk of that is you lose one of them. You're in trouble. You know, I, I, uh, I had mentioned I'm, I'm, I'm in first place in a couple of the, the draft, um, you know, mega tournament, uh, in, in, in first and second place in a couple of leagues in that. And, uh, I've got Andy Dalton as, as my QB two, and he got benched and yeah. you know, now, now I'm in trouble because I'm taking a, a zero in the weeks that Kyler Murray or Aaron Rodgers or, you know, there, there's a few guys that I have coming up on buys and that's going to really hurt. I have one, uh, uh, best ball 10 that I had my two quarterbacks were Roethlisberger and Foles, you know, maybe yeah. I should have been drafting a little earlier, first of all, in those <laughs> spots. And, but I feel like, yeah, maybe a third would have been a good idea. I, I'm not doing well there my i got fools back at least this week haha but mm-hmm. now i can climb from 11th to 9th i don't know it's it's not it's ugly yeah my, my parachute in those kind of situations where you get stuck later than you want is to just pick a bad team and get both quarterbacks like uh ryan fitzpatrick and josh rosen where you know you're gonna have somebody as a qb2 in whatever given week it is yeah that's not a bad play too bad at least as long as you didn't do that with denver uh, <laughs> yeah, Denver would have been a, a, a tricky one. Yeah, Drew Locke was unlocked. Uh, although Locke might, he's coming, he's practicing this week. He's going to come back at some point. You know they're going to yeah. play him. I mean, they they traded up they to have get to. him. Yeah, but. yeah. I like to I like to deploy that where there's a rookie involved. So like last season with Flacco and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that was a really nice combo for me because you had the upside of Jackson who who could be a world beater if he actually got in the game, and you get you know a starting quarterback with Flacco for the bye week if it doesn't happen. And he's an elite Super Bowl winner too. So you got that going for you. Uh, thrower of the deep ball. Yeah. Uh, you know, but same thing and, this and year. Tall. He, don't, don't forget he's tall. Yeah, exactly. He is very tall. Eli and uh, Danny and Danny dimes did work out though. I mean, yeah. and Daniel Jones is like an ideal best ball guy. I mean, yeah, much so. he's had a couple of four touchdown games already. So that's huge. You don't have to time when he's going to do well. You just, get the benefit when he does. So that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, any other, uh, best ball tips for next year? So I, I do better in Razbol. 
I, I think you've, you've got to be aggressive, especially in best ball. You know, people that were taking Dalvin Cook maybe in the middle of mm-hmm. the first round, people might have said, you know, why are you doing that? He's his ADP is is 13, 14. Uh, you know, the, the signs pointed to it, the, the staff moves they made, the, the desire of the coaches that were there. Uh, you know, it, it was just health was the only thing that had held him back previously. So things like that are going Christian McCaffrey, maybe over the first two guys and uh, Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott, where, you know, if you if you've got confidence in McCaffrey as a playmaker, you know, just buck trends and, and don't don't be stuck in that that rut that people end up in. Yeah, I think but, that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, next year we, so this year we did run the Raz Bowl qualifier league as well for fans. So we'll do that again next year. Uh, people can, can get in that. And if you win your, your, your league, uh, you get a shot at the actual Raz Bowl with, with the experts. Um, and you get to mix in with, with the people you want to play with, uh, that you see on Twitter and your favorite sites. That's kind of like what Scott fish does with the fishbowl. I like that. Yeah. And, uh, and and there is there, there's whisperings that there's going to be a, a baseball version called the Raz Slam. I, I think I think we're good to go on it. Uh, it's not announced yet, but uh, I'll, I'll give you guys a little tidbit there that there should be a baseball best ball based on the NFBC's Cutline product. Nice, I'm in. So, Count me in if I'm invited. I, I definitely you would. You are. You are, sir. Nice, excellent. I uh, love love what you're doing. Love what uh, Justin Mason has done. Uh, you know, just expand. You know realizing making people realize how vast our industry is and of course scott fish as well it's like thousand people in in fishbowl now it's crazy uh and it's it's an unqualified good uh yeah a new sandbox to play in is always a good thing absolutely absolutely and it makes make sure you know i get stuck in you know i can't read everybody everywhere and i i will never come close to that especially now Mm -hmm. but it makes you realize there's a lot of people doing good work out there and more people to interact with too and you'll find that most of the people in this industry are pretty darn awesome. Uh, there's just a lot of cool people. Go to First Pitch Arizona, meet a lot of people that way. Go to if you go to Labor or Tout, uh, you can meet people. You know, even if you're not only come come see come see the drafts, meet people. I mean, it's a great community. Yeah, I can't agree more. All right, on that happy feel good note, we're going to sign off for today. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for jumping on. We had a good time. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Absolutely. Uh, check out uh, Mike on Twitter at Roto underscore w-a-n Juan, are we pronouncing it or wan yep uh Juan, just like obi-wan okay gotcha roto Juan, uh, roto underscore Juan. check him out on rasball as well uh and make sure to check us out as always on the rotowire fantasy football podcast we'll be back at you again tomorrow thanks to yahoo for your sponsorship have a great day